to this text. It is a, uh, it, it's been an absolute privilege and a joy uh, to read through and have God um, speak uh, through this text as, as I've um, explored it and journeyed through it this week. And I, I hope that I can take you on a bit of a journey because uh, it's, it's an extraordinary text that, that really um, magnifies and, and shows us who Jesus is. It's a, it's a text that, that the church right throughout history has actually used um, to, to really get a good picture of, of who is Jesus. And it really elevates Him um, as to, for us as to who He, who he really is. Um, and we're, we're asking this question of um, the book of Colossians, is there more? Is there more to life? Uh, this, this tends to be a question that is, is coming up more and more in, in our lives and in um, the, the lives of those in our community. Is, is there more than this? Whatever, whatever this is, whatever we've found meaning in and uh, purpose in, there's, as, as some of the system which has provided something of the good life starts to uh, change a little bit, people are asking, there's got to be more. Is there more? And the message that we see from uh, all of Scripture, but the message particularly that we're, we're looking at from Colossians, is this resounding answer, yes, there is more. Yes, there's more. And that more is found in Jesus. And then we've, we've, we've got the Colossians. So, Paul is writing to the Colossians, and uh, he uh, knows a couple of them, but the majority of the church, he hasn't actually visited them, he doesn't know them very well. But he's realizing that they're starting to ask the question, um, do, do we need more than Jesus? And it, it could be a question that we ask at times, do we, do we need more than Jesus? And Paul's answer is, is no, you don't need more than Jesus, what you need is more of Jesus. That, that's what we need, that's what our nation needs, it needs more of Jesus. It's what our church needs. As we, as, it's what us, us as individuals need. As we, as we look at the, the, the pressures and the changes that are coming, what we need is, is not more strategy, it's not more resources, it's, it's not more of, of anything or any changes or any stuff. What we need more of is more of Jesus, more of His power and more of His presence. So let's, let's read this, this extraordinary passage. So this is in first, uh, not first Colossians, Colossians uh, verse 15. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that, everything, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile Himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we 
We come before you now as your people. And Lord, I think of those songs that we're singing. I think of that song, Open the Eyes of Our Hearts. Holy Spirit, I know that you're pleased when we, when we make and when we put Jesus as front and centre. I know that you're pleased when we, when we read a passage like this that so elevates Jesus to the rightful place of who he is. So, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and that you would open up our hearts that you would show us afresh, a, a new picture, a clearer picture of who you are, Jesus. We want to be aligned with you and aligned with your will. So, Father, I, I pray that you would speak to us. Heavenly Father, I want to pray especially for those who, who don't know your Son at the moment. Lord, I pray that there would be a, a special movement of your Holy Spirit to, to enlighten, like you did the eyes of Lydia, to open eyes, to see Jesus, to see him as captivating, as the one that can meet our deepest desire for something more. Jesus, we thank you that you are that more. We thank you for your plan and your purpose that you have over our lives. Father, I pray that there would be increasing clarity amongst us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's always times in our lives when uh, we, we need help. <clears throat> and uh, that, that comes at, at many different times. Sometimes that's help from someone we know, and sometimes that's help from a stranger. I, uh, there's been a, a number of times that I've needed help. Um, one time, I was, it was, I'd only just got my license, <clears throat> and I was camping with my family. We were in Mount Barney, and there was a number of families, actually some families from this church as well. And uh, I had a long-wheeled base van at that stage. Uh, with a, I had a, my mattress in the back, great, great thing to camp in. And uh, we, I was there with my mate, <clears throat> and we decided that we were a bit bored of Mount Barney and the creek there, so we were going to go for a bit of a drive. Uh, I'm not sure where we were going at that stage, but um, driving on dirt roads with a long wheel base van with nothing in the back, um, it's, a, it's a little bit fun. Uh, the, uh, the back of that thing would, would slide out quite, quite a bit, and I'm getting some looks here. Um, <clears throat> I've changed. But we're heading along this back road, country road, I was just kind of sliding the back out just a little bit. Uh, not the car to do that in, really. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I went just a little bit too far and then had to correct it and correct it a little bit too far. And I ended up in this ditch on the side of the road with my back wheels kind of hanging out the top there. And it was a rear-wheel drive, so um, I, I wasn't going anywhere. Fortunately, it had just rained and there was, there was really high grass and... Uh, we could get out of the car, and I hadn't done much damage. But uh, we, we got on the back of it, and we thought, how do we do this? We couldn't pull it out. Uh, we, we, so we tried to push it into the ditch, and we got to kind of drive our way out, but it wasn't, wasn't moving at all. And I was, uh, I was a little bit panicky, because uh, it was my dad's car. <laughs> and uh, dad was there, and I thought, oh, no. If dad comes and decides to go out to get some bread or whatever, I, I'm in big trouble. Um, so we're sitting there trying to think, what in the world are we going to do? We can't move this thing. And I start to, do you know on a gravel road how you can hear a car coming from a long way? And we'd just been going up and down these kind of hills, so I couldn't see who was coming, but I could hear them. It was like that crunch of gravel. 
and my heart rate, it was, it was going, and uh, they, they crest over the top of the hill, and it is a tractor. Uh, and I'm like, um, mm, I, I didn't know what to think, actually. I'm thinking, here we go, I'm in big trouble by some farmer that's seen me being silly, and uh, he comes down to us, and uh, basically just goes, yeah, guys, I see you need a hand here. And uh, he gets out his chain, and we put it around the back of the car, back of the van, and he just pulls us out, and um, it's all done. We, we say thank you to him, and uh, he just kind of looks at me, and he goes, probably best to slow down a bit on these roads. <laughs> I, I needed someone to come and save me. Um, I, I really did. There was nothing I could do. And uh, he, this farmer, I don't know who he was, but he was both capable, he came with a tractor, and he was also willing. And you need both of them, don't you, to be saved in, in a situation. You need someone to be both capable, and you need them to be willing as well. This tractor could have came down, he could have been a grumpy old farmer, and he could have been capable, he could have had the resources that he needed in the tractor, but if he wasn't willing, that wouldn't have done much for me. Um, he could have been a farmer that had come down on his posty bike. He might have been willing, but he wouldn't have been capable at that time. When we need saving in a situation, we need someone that is both capable and willing. And, and the picture that we have of Jesus in this passage is that we have a saviour that is not only capable, but is also willing. He is capable and he is willing. Let's do a little bit of an explore through this, uh, through this passage. You don't get far before you have to stop this, um, this first little part, part A of the first verse. The sun is the image of the invisible God. The sun is the image of the... Wow, that's bigger. That's great. Excellent. The sun is the image of the invisible God. You see, um, what, what we see is that uh, throughout history, people have known, every culture pretty much on this earth that has ever been, has known that there's something, someone or something that has created um, the world that we're in, and us too. And they've... Um, They've either worshipped or sought to appease or interacted with this Creator God in some way. And yet, because they hadn't had a revelation, of, a, a full revelation of who this God is, they used their, their own experiences to kind of uh, to, 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 to craft this God in, in the way that they thought that He might be. And the way people generally do that is they think about, okay, this must be a God with extraordinary power. And they think about those in, in their society that have extraordinary powers and kings and chiefs, and, and they think about the way humans have normally used extraordinary power throughout um, the centuries and throughout history, and it's normally not very well. Uh, normally, they're, they're, they're cranky and they're abusive, and they use their power in, uh, by exploiting people, basically. So most cultures have, have seen the gods as being something like that. They also see that uh, if, if, you're, if you're in power, normally, 
uh, you're in power because you've got there through some pretty uh, dodgy means. And uh, so they, they wondered about the culture of this, the, the, the character of this God as well. And uh, that's what you see uh, throughout the Greek and the Roman mythology, the gods are, are really some pretty, pretty dodgy um, kind of characters. And not only do you have that, you, you have cultures that are, are, are trying to, to see who God is and, and what He's like, and you have um, also in, in the New Testament, God is, God is starting to reveal something of who He is, especially in regarding to character, that God is, you know, God is, God is not like us, He is different. And, and God isn't um, broken in some way like we are, that, that He is perfect and that, that He is loving. It's, it's starting to give us a, a bit of a picture of who God is. But then we get to uh, Jesus and we read here in Hebrews, in the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. God's starting to give um, humanity a bit of a picture of what God is like. But in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed as heir of all things, and through whom also He made the universe. There's lots of connections here between the passage we're looking at today and this passage. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. This, this here, and what we see when Jesus says, if you see me, you see the Father, what, what He's doing is this question that humanity have had on their heart for so long is, what is this God like? He's obviously powerful, but, but is He good? And, 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 and is He willing, is He capable? to do something about the condition we find ourselves in. What, what's being explored for us here, what's being um, pictured for us in Jesus is this is what God is like. And it's a good thing. Because the, the picture of God that we see that's revealed to us in Jesus is captivating. It's, it's not only captivating, it... It, it arouses the, um, these, these longings and desires in us that are found uh, an answer for them in Jesus. I love, I love exploring and uh, looking through the Gospels especially. These, um, this account us of, of Jesus who lived and walked amongst us. It shows us what God is like and uh, I, I, just, I just find it captivating. I, I found myself coming more and more back to these Gospels and, and saying, God, what are you like? And seeing it through, through Jesus. Love the stories that he told. I, I think of that, the story about the prodigal son, this, this story that, um, that really, it, it, it has a, a, a number of applications, but I think about the story of humanity, about how we've, God, God created us and, and things were good and we kind of said, we'll do it our own way, just like that prodigal son did. Thank you, thank you for your inheritance, I'll take the world, but I don't want you. And uh, walked away and, and made an absolute mess of stuff. You look throughout history and, and it's just a scattered mess of brokenness. And this son, he comes back to the father, and it just so it just so encapsulates the um, the natural 
part of who we are. This son was, was petrified to go back. He was scared. What is the father going to think? Surely the father is just, maybe he will even let me be a, a servant. And, and Jesus is giving us a picture of who the father is. And, and what he does is, is he comes and he sees the son turning back towards the father and he runs and he embraces him, and he puts a ring on his finger, and a robe on his back, and sandals on his feet. It's this complete embrace of the one who, who had turned away, and is now coming back, and, and God says, yes. love the picture of, of Peter, and uh, Peter's experienced God. He's, he's been called to follow him. He's, he's stepped on water that hasn't given way. He's seen Jesus feed thousands. He's, um, he's seen him cast out uh, demons and spirits and all sorts of privileges that this guy got to see. And uh, when the going gets, got tough, um, he, he said, I, I don't even know this Jesus. You talk about going from highs and then lows, and, and I think about that in our own lives even, when we've, we've experienced God in some, some many varied and different ways, and then something comes up and we, we kind of act as if He doesn't even exist in our lives. And we wonder what God will do in relation to that. You think about what Jesus did in relation to Peter. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And what he does is this guy who had so much privilege that turned, um, turned basically away from Jesus, Jesus comes and he restores him and he gives him a fresh and new mission and, and power to be able to do that as well. Think of the Samaritan woman who he came up to, totally different situation here. This is someone that, um, that didn't, even, didn't even care about God, um, well, cared about God, but didn't, didn't recognise that God in flesh was right before her and was, was really quite sceptical. God was, God was actively speaking to her and working in her and she was, she was pushing back. And, and I, I look back through our stories, and so often this is our story as well, we, we look through our past life and God was moving and God was moving towards us and we're pushing back, but God keeps coming. And that's what He did with the Samaritan woman as well, until there's a transformation that took place in her life. Uh, God, is, God is always working in drawing us towards Himself. What a wonderful picture of God that we see in Jesus. I think about that last one, I, I think about the, um, the man on the cross. He, he's, he's up there and has absolutely made a, a mess of his life and uh, he, he turns to Jesus at the very end of his life. And, and, and this speaks to two, two people, this speaks, speaks to those who are just thinking, I've, I've messed this life up so much and uh, I could not possibly come into relationship with God. God could not possibly want me. It also speaks to those who, who don't have long left. And um, there's, there's no one on death row here, but there's, there's some people that don't have as much time left as they used to. And the, 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 our, our response to God can be the same. It, it, he says to God, um, remember me. He says to Jesus on the cross, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus turns to him and says, today you will be with me in paradise. This is a, a wonderful picture. Jesus is showing us what our God is like. 
doesn't matter where you are in life, it doesn't matter um, at, at what stage, he's saying, you can come to me, no matter what you've done, turn to me and I'll give you life. The Son is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation, uh, the firstborn there doesn't mean uh, in, in time frame that he was it, that, that's not the, the main focus there. The main focus when it's saying firstborn is it's um, in that culture it was you, you were the most important, you were the, it had the most authority in the family. So uh, firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created. This first little section here, um, it, it's looking at Jesus' supremacy over creation. You'll see this all, 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 all. Jesus is, is over all, in all, through all of creation. For in him all things were created. And Paul's like, if you, if you don't get that, what all means, things in heaven and things in earth, visible and invisible. He's, he's covering the, the whole spectrum. He's covering the reality that is real, that we, we don't necessarily see with our, with our senses. And then he's covering the world that we, we interact with our senses with. And then he goes on to, to cover all the different things, whether thrones or powers or rulers or, author, or authorities. Um, there's a sense in which he's talking about spiritual things, but he could also be speaking about earthly things as well. Humans who have agency, uh, spiritual beings who have agency, institutions who have agency and authority in our lives, he's saying, I am over all of it. Th this is... Jesus is saying through, through, the, through the books of history, as, as, um, as kingdoms rise and as they fall, as the Roman Empire rises and as it falls, as the, um, as the Greeks rise and fall and as the Dutch are, are the powerhouses and as they rise and as they fall and then the English as they rise and as they fall and the American Empire as it rises and as it falls, Jesus will always be king. For in him all things were created, things on heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This, this, this world is, is held together by some, um, it's, it's whether just the right distance from the sun, that the tides come in just enough and go out just enough and uh, the temperature kind of just stays in the right um, part, the, the, um, the rain rises up and it falls back down and what this verse is saying is Jesus holds all this together. What, what's, at the, what's at the very centre of it? It's Jesus. So Jesus was involved intricately over all of creation, when it happened um, and, and continuing as well. And then we see, uh, as, we, as we move on, uh, we see that creation was actually damaged. And the way creation was damaged is that basically we said to God, uh, we're going to do it our way. And we were, we were in alignment with Him and then we come out of alignment and um, he, he says, if you do that, if you don't walk by my way and, and, and uh, have, have my life, then you will surely die. And we see that. Uh, there's different ways to, to look at this, how this actually 
uh, happens. And one of, the, one of the ways is to see it as, as a, a real mercy of God. You see, if God was to allow human beings to continue with His life, but out of alignment with Him, the destruction we could do to each other, to ourselves and to this world would be extraordinary. It was, it was His mercy that He actually limited us, knowing that he would, he would make a new creation where we could come into alignment with Him. I'll give you a quick example of this. Um, our dog Coco, we've, we've talked about her a fair bit. Um, she's settling down a little bit, she's now three years old, but when she was a puppy, she was a nightmare. And uh, she, would, she would sneak inside sometimes and uh, she was not a good dog to have inside. She would go and she would, uh, she would basically make a mess of the place. She would uh, she'd get into the bin when we were asleep and she'd get into everything and she'd eat plastic and all that type of stuff. Um, she would, if you, she'd found a cord, she'd eat a cord. Um, she, she'd put hair everywhere. Uh, not, not a very um, good dog to have in the house. And you see, I banned her in those early days from the house. And I banned her for, for our good, but also for her good as well. Because if she can't be in alignment with my, my ways of my house, she's going to make an absolute mess of things. She's going to hurt herself by ingesting stuff that she shouldn't, um, by eating cords that she's going to get electrocuted. She's going to hurt those that I love. That she's going to eat their shoes and stuff like that. And in a sense, that, that is something of what um, God did with us as well. He basically said, like I said to Coco, um, if, if you're not going to be in alignment with my ways, you're going to make a mess of things. He says, you will surely die. We couldn't have his life and do it our way because we make a mess of things. But he did that with a plan. He did that with a plan of new creation. I'm going to have to speed through this um, now. You see the the first part of this little part of Scripture and the second part, it forms a contrast. And it goes here, um, he is the head of the body, the church, he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So now it starts to talk about this trajectory towards new creation. So in everything he might have the supremacy, for God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him, and through him reconcile, reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So what we have here is we have uh, God is, is head and over all of creation, and God is head, uh, Jesus is head and, and over all of this new creation that is um, being made, that is coming to fruition. And the way he did this was right at the end there, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Jesus coming into history some 2,000 years ago, He dealt with the problems of this broken earth, with this broken us as well, with, with us being out of alignment. He, he dealt with that through His, his death on the cross. And uh, that has, has many implications. His death on the cross, it defeated the enemy. Uh, the death of the cross, it, it gave us access to God. The, the, um, the curtain, the temple was split so that we could have access to God. It dealt with our, our brokenness, with the penalty of that. There's so many aspects that that covers. 
but it made a way so that, so that anyone who would follow Jesus, that He would put the life of God into us, that we may, that we may live. But not only does it do that, not only does, does, do we have the life of God for if we choose to follow Him and we'll be part of that new creation, He starts to do a work because I, I know about me and I know about you, and even if you're a follower of Jesus and you have the life of God in you, there's still parts of you that are out of alignment with Him. And what He's doing is He's progressively moving us into alignment with Him as well. That's, um, that's, uh, that's, that's what He's doing. And I, I love right at the middle here. Right in the middle here, between creation or a broken creation and between the new creation sits the church and it sits right in the middle of this passage in blue there and he is the head of the body the church you see jesus sits at the middle but he also puts the church right at the middle in second second corinthians it talks about uh he he has reconciled the world to himself he's he's made peace between between him, uh, God, and the world, and he has sent us as messengers of reconciliation. So he has sent us to, to make right the relationship between the world and God. We, we carry a message, we, we carry the hope, the peace of the world, that if you follow Jesus, he will come and he will indwell you and he will give you life and he will set you in a tra- in a, on a trajectory towards new creation, towards life. How, um...